Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 351, air date September 4th, 2018. America win, Massachusetts, Mahanathin, Senate Tedril, Suyachiaka Poti Dikirar, India by Purvi Hamaka Kunda, Siva Ayadri. India Arasil Vadikali Polatan, America Arasil Vadikalum, Ulali Tilaitulan Ariana Kutram Satumava. அதிகாரத்தில் கல்வியாளர்களும் அறிவியல் விஞ்ஞானிகளும் வர வேண்டும் என்கிறார் இமெயிலை கண்டுபிடித்த அந்த தமிழரிடம் ஸ்கைப் மூலம் தொடர்பு கொண்டு நம்முடைய நெறியாளர் மனோஜ்குமார் அளித்த மனோஜ்குமாருக்கு சிவ ஐயாதுரை அளித்த பிரத்யேக பேட்டியை பார்க்கலாம் நியூஸ் செவன் தமிழ் நேர்களுக்கு வணக்கம் இணைய விஞ்ஞானியாக இருந்து இன்றைக்கு அமெரிக்க அரசியல் கழகத்தில் குதித்திருக்கக்கூடிய சிவா ஐயாதுரை நம்மிடையே இணைந்திருக்கிறார் பல்வேறு கேள்விகளை முன்வைக்கலாம் மிஸ்டர் சிவா ஐயாதுரை ஆன் பிஹாஃப் ஆஃப் நியூஸ் செவன் தமிழ் ஐ விஷ் ஐ கங்க்ராச்சுலேட் ஃபார் யுவர் காம்படிஷன் மை ஃபர்ஸ்ட் கொஷின் இஸ் வாட் இஸ் யுவர் ப்ரொபகேண்டா அண்ட் வாட் இஸ் யுவர் ப்ரியாரிட்டி ஹூம் கம்ஸ் அண்டர் யுவர் கான்ஸ்டியன்சி தி பீப்புள் Yeah, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. You know, I've been on your show before. Uh, I'm going to speak in English because I, this show will have not only an Indian audience, but it will also have a U.S. audience. Um, I'm running for United States Senate in Massachusetts. This is the first time I believe an Indian American has run. Uh, for that matter, a Tamil American. We're getting lots and lots of people in the United States supporting our campaign Uh, in fact, we have quite a bit of Tamilians who are supporting our campaign in it. So it's, 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 it's a real honor. Um, the constituency we're speaking to is Massachusetts citizens. Massachusetts is a state on the eastern part uh, of the United States. MIT, Harvard, some of the best universities are located here in Massachusetts. Uh, I went to school, as many of you know, at MIT starting in 1981. I've been in Massachusetts since 1981, almost 30 Uh, seven years right now. Um, so Massachusetts is also known for a lot of innovation, technology, uh, etc., cetera, uh, biotech technology. And so I'm running on a campaign really to recognize that we need uh, people in government who actually are innovators, scientists, educators, workers. Typically, um, U.S. politics, and for that matter, even Indian politics, has been run by families or it's been run by people who are career politicians. So our goal is to break that mold in Massachusetts um, and for that matter, the country. So that's why I'm running for U.S. Senate and the constituency, again, is Massachusetts citizens. Uh, being your first Indian American to, uh, 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 to contest in the election, What pins you to contest in this election? What is the basic yeah, idea so, of contesting? Yes, yeah, so, so, so it's a good question. Uh, first of all, I'm the first Indian American to contest in a U.S. Senate election in Massachusetts. Um, not only are we contesting, we're also on the ballot, so that's very historical. We're the first um, uh, people, uh, a person of my origin on the U.S. ballot. But more importantly, the reason I'm contesting is because I've had a very successful career as an inventor, as a scientist and entrepreneur. But some of you may know of, I've also been a fighter. You know, in India, India has a caste system, some of you may know. We grew up in the caste system being considered one of the lowest castes in India. So I've always had a deep interest 
interest in justice and understanding systems. So when I came to the United States in uh, 1970 as a seven-year-old boy, I worked very hard in the public school systems, did extremely well. And when I went to MIT, I was very interested in systems, you know, political systems, medical systems, all different kinds of systems. And if many of those who know me know that I've always, um, in parallel to my innovation and scientific work, also done a lot of work in terms of social struggles, right? So I, as a 17, 18 year old student, made sure more poor blacks, poor whites, minorities came to MIT. I fought against the war in Iraq. The United States went into Iraq. I was a political activist against that. I was the first scientist really to expose Monsanto. Some of you may know this company called Monsanto, which is a, uh, a, a very large company which pollutes the world with their pesticides and with genetically engineered foods. And I use my scientific activism to expose that. So running for United States Senate is actually in the tradition of the founders of the United States who were uh, scientists, engineers, blacksmiths, workers. And so I think, uh, you know, I think more people uh, who actually work for a living should be involved in politics. I mean, in India, you have people like Rahul Gandhi, who has no qualifications of any kind. Um, Modi was the first prime minister in India who actually had a background, who actually worked for a living. But most of the politicians in India either are film stars um, or they have no political background except thuggery. And in the United States, it's not that different, actually. Um, so we want to change that entire pattern where we get everyday intelligent people who actually care and who actually work for a living involved in politics. Uh, as you mentioned, you, you are a techie expert, but uh, you are entering into politics. How come uh, you handle this conversion? Uh, what you have to understand is you are, your question is putting people into different buckets. Do you follow what I'm saying, Manoj? You know, Franklin, Benjamin Franklin was a scientist, an engineer, a artist, a business person. George Washington was a surveyor. He was a farmer. Jefferson was an architect, an engineer of all sorts, an inventor. The history of American politics was always people who were uh, workers uh, who were participating. It's only been somewhat in the last hundred years that you had politics being taken over by, frankly, people who, who are not that intelligent, who are very corrupt, and whose entire life is based on being a politician. I don't even know what a politician is. It's a very stupid word, actually. I strongly right? agree that, uh, as you mentioned, the Indian politics and American politics are entirely different. I agree. But my what question else? is, how come Mr. Yeah. Techie expert, Mr. Shiva Ayadurai, to handle these policies? Uh, you, you may have some policies in your politics. How come a Techie expert can handle this? Well, because uh, I'm not just a technology expert, you know. Uh, what I view myself as a system scientist, a systems guy. So, um, you know, the caste system is a system. Uh, Siddha, the, our medical system, is a system. Uh, email is a system. Do you understand what I'm saying? These are all complex systems. And once you understand the principles of systems, everything you see is about solving problems. 
um, the goal of entering political life is to solve big problems like educational problems, right? Environmental problems, governance problems. So one of our key platforms is the United States, we need more vocational technical schools. The United States doesn't produce enough engineers. It doesn't produce enough doctors. It doesn't produce enough plumbers, electricians, etc. So that's a educational systems problem. Well, that's what I know how to solve. Um, the other issue is in the United States, the cost of the healthcare system is extremely high. 20% of the United States budget goes into healthcare. We need to lower that cost. And as a business person, as an entrepreneur, I know how to do that. So when you say you're a techie, uh, it's one thing is if you were a technical guy just doing programming. Um, but if you're someone who has had to build a business, architect large systems, this is essentially a large scale systems problem. That's what government is. So it's actually, uh, we need more people who know how to do system stuff in government. As we heard that you are uh, coming basically from the biological background also. And also, uh, do you have any ideas? Uh, do you have any plans to introduce our own, our own Indian uh, uh, policies or Indian uh, cultures like Siddha, medicine, etc. Uh, in America? Yeah, it's a good question. Look, in the United States right now, um, you have two systems of medicine. One system of medicine is what you call the allopathic or conventional medical system, which is essentially uh, came from wartime medicine, surgery, antibiotics, steroids, uh, big pharma. And the, the history of that medical system was to put a soldier back on the field. So that system of medicine is good when you have a crisis. There's another system of medicine called preventative medicine, which includes what you put in your mouth, what you eat, yoga, exercise, etc. This preventative system of medicine is what Siddha and Ayurveda were about. It's about preventing and strengthening your body. Now, in the United States, um, there are nearly 40 million Americans who practice yoga. 40 million Americans, which means one out of nearly eight to 10 Americans practice yoga. So the Americans are already adopting uh, many of the Indian, uh, or they're exploring it in a very, very powerful way. So, for example, turmeric, which you would call manjal or haldi, is being used all over America by those people who are seeking better health. So you already have Americans embracing preventative medicine, and obviously there's conventional medicine. And my goal is to integrate both of them, and that's what my research has been about. So... Part of it is the National Institute of Health. One of the things we're going to do, what, what I'll fight for as a senator is to make sure that we incorporate more um, alternative also systems of medicine like Siddha Ayurveda uh, and explore them. You know, in the 1970s, the United States government um, embraced Chinese medicine, acupuncture, because the president of the United States at the time, Nixon, had a very good relationship with China. And I think, uh, obviously, the system of Indian medicine is 5,000 years old. There's probably huge amounts of wealth of solutions there. And Americans are very, very open um, to many different cultures. So obviously, I'm going to support that. Uh, citizens of Massachusetts, uh, they can believe what you are trying to uh, expose as a candidate. Uh, but my uh, next question is, what uh, happened uh, on uh, Great Barrington a few days back? Yeah, it's a good question. See, in the United States, um, the discussion of racism 
racism has been very limited to a few set of white liberals coming out of Harvard. What, what do I mean by that? I mean a very few set of people, the intellectual elites, uh, define what racism is in the United States. And they've defined racism to mean don't use certain words and certain building names should be changed, okay? And to me, racism is not that. Racism is pitting one race against the other, black against white. Now, in India, you have the same thing. You call it communalism. A politician can go easily into a, uh, you know, a, 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 maybe a Gujarati neighborhood and point fingers at Tamilians. And, and another guy can go into Tamilians and point fingers at Gujaratis. Do you follow what I'm saying? That's communalism. In the United States, you have a similar type of race war. The Democrats point the finger at poor whites and the Republicans point the finger at, at poor blacks and they create race war. Elizabeth Warren, the woman that I'm running against, um, lied saying that she was a Native American, which means a red Indian, um, and that's how she got into Harvard. When there's no proof, she has no evidence she is that. So she used race to get a, uh, a, a job at Harvard. So that, in my view, is racism. So when we went to Great Barrington, Elizabeth Warren was doing a town hall. We were across the street, and we were pointing out what racism is. A, a guy across the street wearing a T-shirt which said liberal comes across the street and punches me in the face. Now, why did he do that? Because he didn't like a dark-skinned black Indian guy telling him that he's a racist and defining racism as I've defined it. You see these white liberals, not all white people, I'm saying white liberals, which are part of the Democratic Party, think that they own the definition of racism. And obviously before he hit me, he said, you're not black, which means Indians are supposed to be quiet, be nonviolent, right? Not be aggressive and share their views. We're supposed to shake our heads, sit in the lotus position. Yeah, I can accept Mr. Shiva, so but uh, sorry for the interruption. My question is, uh, can I uh, ask you openly, are you uh, taking this racism as a strategy to win in the election? Is that so? No, 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 no. So you have to understand what racism is. Elizabeth Warren is a racist, okay? She used race. What we are doing is, and in the United States, the politicians, if you listen to me carefully, and listen to this carefully because I don't think you understood what I was saying, is that one political party, like the Democrats, blame the white, poor white workers. Do you follow? Yeah. Uh, my another the, question is, uh, during 2007... Well, let me finish. Let me, yeah, let yeah. me finish. And the mm. Republican Party, um, historically, the establishment bl blames poor blacks. So that's how they keep their voting blocks, okay? We wanna bring people together and point that the real enemy is people who actually create the race war, all right? So we wanna define racism in a new way to bring the country together because both parties want racism. They want race war. Uh, earlier we have heard that uh... Uh, you will be contesting on behalf of the Republican Party, but now you are contesting uh, independently. Is there any sure. reason behind it? Yep. Sure. Uh, you see, in Massachusetts, um, the Republican Party and the Democratic Party are one. 
Um, Donald Trump, who won the election, you have to understand, was neither a Republican or a Democrat. He's actually an independent. He's Trump. He hijacked the Republican Party. He has enemies now in the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. In Massachusetts, if you know the history, is where the American Revolution took place. So this state in particular, there's complete collusion, which means both parties work together. It's basically, for example, DMK in Tamil Nadu, AIDMK, they may act like they're enemies, but basically in the back room, they're friends. Okay? Okay? And that's no difference between Democrats and Republicans. So I gave the Republicans a chance. I was getting standing ovations wherever I went. The Republicans knew that I was actually going to go and defeat Elizabeth Warren. They don't want that. In Massachusetts, the Republican governor, who's equivalent to a chief minister in India, wants to remain governor. He's a Republican. And the senator is a Democrat. Like, let's say one is AIDMK, the chief minister, and the other is DMK, which is the uh, Lok Sabha member, Rajya Sabha member. So they have a collusion. You get to be chief minister. I get to be Rajya Sabha member. In this case, you get to be governor. I get to be senator. Okay. And I was okay. disrupting that. Okay. 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 So there's my, no my reason. Final, okay. My final yeah. question is, what is your propaganda and pro, uh, priorities for the people of Minnesota? Massachusetts, not yeah. Minnesota. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Okay. Yeah. So there are... There are three priorities we're running on. Clean government, which means term limits, which means you should only go into government and serve for a limited term, two terms. Like a Senate term is six years, which means maximum 12 years, maximum. Many of these people go into politics because they're jobless, they don't have any skills, they don't have any talent, and it's a way for them to make money. No different than India, by the way. Okay, so we want term limits. Second is, in the United States, believe it or not, they don't have voter IDs. In this regard, India is much better. In India, you have to have a voter ID to vote, right? In the United States, there are no voter identification. You simply walk in, you tell them which address you can vote. So there's a lot of voter fraud in the United States, so we want to stop that. So that's under clean government. Then the second area we have is what we call real health. Real health means we should introduce more... Uh, uh, practices such as Siddha, Ayurveda, uh, practices where we recognize food is medicine. And the second piece is we need to lower the cost of healthcare. Um, in the United States, if you go to a hospital, a, you know, a 50 cent aspirin or 20 cent aspirin, they will charge you $2 for, okay? Okay. So they, the hospitals increase the cost of medicines to make it extremely expensive. Therefore, you're forced to get insurance. It's a complete crime and it's a scam. We want to bust that up. The third thing is what we call real jobs. In the United States, for, in Massachusetts, for every 17, and you should listen to this, for every 17 high-tech job openings, only one person is skilled. So in Massachusetts, which is regarded as a center of education, etc., they don't produce, produce enough skilled labor. So we are proposing more vocational technical schools. 
Okay, you have conveyed. So those are our three things. You are able Clean to say. Yeah, yeah, you, it, it, real it, it was conveyed. It was conveyed. Thank you so much for your time. And we'll wait and see whether uh, the Massachusetts will have an Indian Senate member or a Senate member from India. We'll wait and see. Uh, on behalf of News 7 Tamil, we wish you all the best for your election. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. Be well. By the way, go to shivaforsenate.com. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Thank <laughs> you.